Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Dream Life Loading Podcast. I'm Sky. And I'm Susan. Sky, let's get right into this. We have something very exciting to announce. I could not be more excited. Susan and I have been working for weeks and months even on these new products. We are taking a huge shift with Dream Life Loading and really now giving you the tools to create your dream life. And we could not be more excited to announce our digital downloads for your iPad. So we have two so far, and don't worry, we have so many more coming, but so far we have our anxiety management workbook and our journal prompts workbook. So you can visit that on our Etsy shop. They're gonna be linked in the description box down below, but we are just so excited to officially launch launch these products and give you guys tangible tools to create your dream lives. I could not be more excited. Yeah, I th- this has been in the making for a long time, but we finally figured out that we need to be creating stuff that we use on a daily basis for self-improvement. Like that is what our company is. Um, and we were already using what we produced in different ways, but this is really combining it into making it something useful for not just us, but you too. Like we use this on a daily basis. This isn't something we're just putting out to put something out. Like this is authentic. This is us. And we can't wait to create more. So if you like this, let us know what else you'd like to see, because we are happy to start creating for you to make your dream life. This is like, if you started listening to this podcast or following us on TikTok or any way that you've probably found dream life loading, these are now the products that really is dream life loading. It's like the journal prompts that people have been loving since November. We're turning them into tangible products that you can use. And the best part about the iPad is that you can erase and use it and again and again and again and again, or duplicate and use it again and again. So It's just like an endless amount of possibilities, even with these two products that we already have. And we have one more that we are about ready to launch that I think we are, we've both been holding in so much excitement about that one. So just stay tuned for that. We have so much coming. So much coming. But I think that this is the perfect way to segue into what we're doing because we started out as a retail company and very quickly realized that that's not what it was. Um, So today's topic is dealing with rejection and using it as redirection. So I think this is perfect because we came to a point a few weeks ago, we mentioned it a couple of times, but I came to Sky, we had a business meeting like we do weekly. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm out, I'm tapping out. Like I, I physically can't do this anymore. Um, and that was probably the hardest conversation I think I've ever had. Like I've had some like deep conversations, but that was like, it was heartbreaking for me and I didn't want to let you down. And I didn't know, like, I felt like I was facing a wall. Like my face was literally pressed up against a wall and I could not move anyway, other than to turn around and walk away. Um, And so we took a, a few days and we, you know, ruminated on everything. And then we were like, no, we just need to point ourselves in a new direction. We changed everything, everything about our company, except for the foundation that it was built, which is our friendship and self-development. And then we created what is arguably the best thing we've ever put out. And I don't think that like that just stands true to this whole episode. So with that out of the way, what is the first thing you have on your list? Because I know you have a list. The first thing I have is just looking at rejection as an opportunity. I think we can look, I think using our own business experience over the past month is a great example that we can use throughout this video. But I think it's also important to just put out there that rejection comes in so many forms, like rejection from a job, rejection from college, rejection from a friend, from a 
like ex significant other, however, rejection, like we probably face rejection every day, honestly, in some form or another. So learning how to not let it weigh you down and how to allow it to lift you up and see it as an opportunity. That was my first one is like, you have to look at it as like, you've talked about this a lot before is redirecting your thoughts. And, um, what's the phrase you use? Like when you have that thought of like, oh my God, like I did all these things wrong. And that's why like, I'm being rejected from this. It's like, no, like, honestly, like if you're able to even thank the situation, like even just in your head, like I'm so grateful for that have happening, that have happened. I'm so grateful that that happened because it gave me this opportunity to do X, Y, and Z. So long-winded way of saying opportunity. Thought correction? Yes. That's what I always say. (laughs) Um, Which actually stemming from this is I think we often like consume rejection as someone doing it to us. Like they're rejecting you or your idea. Um, But I've really taken on the idea that I'm rejecting anything that doesn't sit well in my life. So like this morning, I actually vlogged this um, and I went to the gym this morning. I sat in my truck on the way home. And when I pulled into the driveway, I put in park and I recorded myself just talking. And I was like, you know, this morning at the gym, I'm working out. I saw myself in the mirror and I sucked in for a minute. And then I was like, no, we're not doing that. Like we love our bodies the way they are. I don't need to make myself look a certain way to like feel good about myself. Um, so I have this little two minute idea, like realization that I'm like, nope, I'm not going to suck in. I'm going to love myself the way I am. And I was actively rejecting the thought in my head that I like didn't look good. So by me saying, no, I'm not going to suck in was me rejecting this inner self-destruction that I could have easily turned down. Cause then that could have easily snowballed into me being like, well, I'm not going to wear this outfit today. I'm going to wear like oversized sweat so I don't feel uncomfortable like etc nope this morning I'm gonna just give you a, a full <laughs> outfit moment because I put on something that I would have never have grabbed I was like I'm gonna just love myself now I'm gonna wear what I want to wear now I'm done waiting I'm rejecting this whole waiting till I look a certain way or waiting till I achieve this to be happy like we're done with that and I'm just gonna accept being happy in the moment and I don't know. I think I girl boss pretty hard today. So you did. And when you sent me this outfit last night, I was like, it's such like girl boss energy in the best way. It's the dream life loaded mm-hmm. colors. It, it could not be better. And I love that you just took the phrase rejection that literally has a negative connotation and you used it in a positive way. You're using it to reject negative thoughts instead of looking at rejection as being this negative thing. You are using it as a positive, which that in itself is such a huge thought correction because you're not even playing with rejection. You're rejecting the rejection. Right. Right. It's taking back control. I mean, in your, the anxiety tracker that we just put out, I don't mean to be like plugging it all the time, but I'm very excited about it. It's not even plugging it. It's that this is tools that we've been using. So it, Right. Not even plugging to like, Oh, go look at our product. It's like, we just, we talk about it because we use it. Right. So on part of it, it says things you can control, things you can't control or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just, just something that I've trying to, I've been conscious of because I'm using it every day. It's like, I can control my thoughts. Even when I have an intrusive one that pops up here and there, I can be like, no, like shut up. It's like the annoying friend who's always like crapping on you. 
that's that could be the voice in your head. It could be that annoying friend who's always like being negative about what you're doing or, you know, and you can just tell them to sh- pardon my language. Shut the fuck up. Like reject, <laughs> reject the negativity, even if it's coming from yourself. I love that. I think it's such not to go back to the anxiety tracker, but it is. It's a good way to take what's bothering you and take what's what you're holding on to and just like it's over, like reject the rejection. I think that's such a I never would have thought to look at it that way. I really love that. And something else I had was not to look at it. I feel like it happens. I'll use college for an example. Like let I mean, I got rejected from schools. I don't know if I don't know how many schools you applied to if you did too, but I got rejected from a school. And I remember thinking like, my scores weren't good enough. I didn't have enough extra. And I started assuming in my head that it was my fault that I was rejected. And I'm really trying to learn that it wasn't that I wasn't right for them, but it's that they weren't right for me. And that, that could not have been more true for me with my college experience is that I ended up going to a school that was not my first choice. And I ended up picking it and it, Something in my head knew that it was right and I did not know at the time, but it 100% was. And it was that these other schools that I thought were right for me, they weren't right for me. And then the school that Mm -hmm. I didn't think was, it ended up being the right school. So it was like took that rejection and used it as an opportunity and I would not change anything about it. Yep. I had a very similar experience with college. I actually got, so I applied to Dartmouth. I don't even remember why I applied to Dartmouth because like I I didn't need to go to Dartmouth, but I applied. And I actually got through the first round of applications and I had an in-person interview with one of their recruiters. And so I was like, the interview went great. I was like, I think like, I honestly thought I was like, I might have this. Um, And then I got rejected and it was like, it was fine. But I remember being like upset about it. And well, he is now my husband, but at the time he was just my friend. And Chris was like, they don't deserve you like if they don't want you like you don't want them and it was funny because like at the time we were legitimately I barely even liked him as a co-worker because he's kind (laughs) of an ass but um I remember him saying that and I was like yeah like okay it's it's gonna be okay and another time that I dealt with rejection which this actually I don't you probably know this but um I failed the test to be a teacher four times not once not twice not three times but four times the actually the first time I took it and I failed I was like I think this is a sign that this is not the career for me and Chris was like you're just being a quitter like go take the test again and then the second time like no like the universe is saying no girl um and then by the fourth time I was like I'm done like I'm not gonna do this anymore um and that was something that that rejection costed me money too because that test was a couple hundred dollars every time I took it Mm -hmm. um but did I let it keep me down no and I used I use skills from teaching every single day and they like only enhance my professional career. So that's not to say that like, yes, if you fail an important test, it sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, Which kind of brings me to one of my other points was you're allowed to throw a pity party for yourself. You're allowed to feel upset. You're allowed to like, you get rejected by whatever it is. You can feel those things. My thing that I've been doing lately is set a time limit for it. So my maximum pity party will last me a day, which is really like 12 hours. Um, But I don't bring it into the next day. Like that that's too much. No one likes to drink that long. You don't, if you're not going to drink for that amount of time, you're not going to feel bad for yourself that amount of time. <laughs> um, And it has really made such a difference because then you can feel bad. And if someone's like, oh, well, maybe you should be positive about it. I'm like, no, I, this sucks. I get to feel bad about this right now. Mm-hmm. I'll get over it. But for right now, this is how we're feeling. And that's how you're going to 
treat me in this moment. Like I need from you, I need compassion or I need sympathy or I need you to bitch with me. And then, then we can move on. Yep. I think I love your example of the teacher test because you, and I, like, I think it's funny that looking back, it wasn't the career you ended up choosing, but I think in a lot of ways you are still a teacher. You're just not physically in the classroom and whatever. That's a completely different topic. But Chris saying, no, you're a quitter. Go back and do it again. It, it's a good point with rejection is that you, you cannot let it bring you down. Like you, even though you did not end up being a teacher for more than a year, you pushed through and you were like, I'm not taking this as rejection. Like I'll do it. I'll do it again and again and again. And I think that's really important is like, don't let the rejection consume you. Like, let it be what it is and just keep pushing. And like you did, like you pushed through, you were the teacher and then you did not quit. You realized that this was not the right thing for you and you moved on and that's okay. But you tried, like there is no, no person on the planet that you did not give that your all. And you found a career path that is way better suited for you. And so I think that's a good way of looking at it too, is like rejection is going to point you in the direction of a better opportunity, but you might have to push through in order to get there and see it. Cause you did, you had to push through a really difficult year and you were rejected day after day in the classroom in one form or another, and you had to push through. I think the other thing too is, re- is rejection is just a piece of the big, big picture. Because while I failed that test four times, that test did not impact the way I taught or how I interacted with my students. Moving clear, you failed this test four times, yet you were still able to become a teacher. Right. Right. And I was still able to show up and provide for my students. The last time I failed that test, it was by one freaking point. And mind you guys, I don't know if you are well versed in this. The teacher test I was taking in my state, it was a reading test. I promise I'm literate. Like I can read, I can write. I have a 4.0 GPA in my college English degree, but I couldn't pass the standardized test. I just can't choose A, A, B, or C apparently. Uh, But you know what? At the end of the day, it's something that I did learn from and it created, it fostered resilience in me. And I, we've talked about this on, I feel like every episode, you have the breaking point or the breakthrough. You get to choose. You can either hit the wall and fall on the ground or you can hit the wall and stand back up and then, you know, see what's on the other side. And I think that's a really good testament to what we did. We could have, a few weeks ago, we could have quit and been done or we're here and we're A, the happiest I've ever been. And we're producing and creating things that we love and use. And it just doesn't get better than that. I think we're, we're creating things that we're proud of, which I think not to say we weren't proud of the products we were putting out back in November, December, but I think there's a huge difference in the way that we can both talk about who we are as a company now versus who we were six months ago. And I think that in itself, you said it, you said it, you were talking to someone and they were like, Oh, what is dream life floating? Like how do your products like represent you? And you were like, I don't even understand how these sweatshirts represent us. How am I supposed to get someone else to understand it? And it was like, but we right. need to go through that phase of rejection where we were just pushing through because we believed in dream life floating so much, but seeing yes. our customers did not respond the same way was the rejection that we needed to be like, okay, we know this works. How can we better show that to our customers? And it was by actually creating products that actually made sense for our company. So we right. got there, but we needed that rejection to be like the flashing light of like, you're not here, but there. And just like quickly change our pace, quickly change our direction. And yeah. it's changed everything for us. Yep, absolutely. And I think the other thing is, 
we could have let that drain us and be done and run on empty, but we use that as fuel and motivation. And I think that's the other part of it is, I mean, no matter what, whatever you're looking at, it depends on how you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. However, if you decide to start using rejection in a positive way, like we've been talking about, it's going to change its entire existence in your life. Mm-hmm. And then when you encounter it, you're not going to revert back to an anxious or a like, I don't want to use childlike, but like a form of yourself that you don't know what to do and you might feel helpless. You're going to have tools and ways to move about it and to, you know, navigate it. Absolutely. And I think we definitely did have a pity party for ourselves with this. Like, I think honestly, yes. it was because it was a continuous decline, honestly. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's the way it was, but it wasn't. I remember both of us, like DLO was not giving us the joy that it was. And it was, we finally had to hit that breaking point where it was the breakthrough point for us. And I remember that when we had that meeting, it was pure shock at first. And then it was like, all, every single part of me was like, we need to make this work. And it was like, now I have the plan. Like now I have the drive to want to make this work. And it was that, I mean, honestly, it was the rejection of you coming to me and saying like, this isn't working because it was a wake up call for me too. It was like, this actually isn't working. Like, it's not that we need to just continue pushing through. It was like, no, like Susan's coming to me. This isn't working. Now we have to change it. And that was like the huge, like, okay, here's the opportunity to switch roles, to switch our goals, to switch our direction, make this happen. And it was like, we took the weekend and I remember that whole weekend, I was full of more excitement about the company than I was for weeks leading up to that literal breaking point, because it was like, I know we can fix this. Like we've hit that point and now we're going to turn it Yeah, 100%. I remember that weekend because you had sent me a voice message with like a brief overview of your plan. And I remember I literally hit record after yours stopped so you could hear my raw reaction. And I just took a deep breath and I was like, oh my God, I can breathe. But I felt like the world was on my chest. Like I was like failing at everything. I felt terrible. And then you have this plan and I was like, oh my God, I can breathe. Like why did not, why did we not think of this sooner? It honestly came down to communication. Like we were communicating, but we weren't being fully honest with each other on how we were feeling. Cause I didn't want to be like too negative. And I also didn't want to like be a quitter. So I didn't want to like throw in the towel until I absolutely had to. And that day when we, that morning, when we had that conversation, like I cried to you, I was like, I feel terrible. Like I've never felt like this and I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then we, you literally turned us, you shifted us a new direction and now look at us. Yep. And I think we hadn't been voice memoing. And I think that that's no. the thing is that our drive for the company had like, like it was over. And I remember like recording that voice memo. I was like, we're back. Like I could even feel it before I even told you, I was like, I know we're connected enough in this company that I was like, this is it. And it was yeah. really, but I think with rejection, trying to unlearn the self doubt that comes with it. Cause even with you, what you were just saying, you were like, I felt like I was failing you. I felt so down on myself is like, that's the part of rejection that can be the most killer. Like that literally yeah. could, that's the worst part of rejection, I think. And it's, it can come in such big and small forms. Like what happened with the company obviously was a pretty big thing and you were feeling so down on yourself. And I think because of the feelings you were putting on yourself from the rejection you felt was the reason we didn't have the open communication on both ends. We were both feeling yeah. in different forms that self-doubt because of the rejection we were feeling. And even like we talk about social media a lot, but I think 
social media gives you rejection in forms constantly. Like we were saying, like back in middle school, if you didn't get a certain amount of likes, you would feel one way. That's rejection in a form is if you don't hit X amount of likes, you're feeling rejected. And now you're going to look at yourself differently. And it's like, how can you take rejection and instead of allowing it to like be a mirror, let it be like a arrow in a different direction instead of allowing it and instead of looking at yourself as being the rejection, the rejection is your opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that can go into this that we talked about a couple episodes ago, but friendships, like when friends or friends are rejecting you, I, okay, this is a great example. A few weeks ago, I hear through the grapevine that someone like hates me. And I was like, hates me. Like, first of all, that's a strong word. Second of all, I'm nice to them. Like we're like, we're not, I wouldn't consider them a friend, but like we're friendly. We have social events where we're in the same space. Like I thought we were good. Um, and I was like, I would have literally never known. And they're like, yeah, like I stood up for you, but like, they really don't like you. And I was like, oh, okay. So like, at first I was like, Hmm, like that kind of hurts my feelings. Like I'm not doing anything to them. Like if I had actively said something or, or if we had a relationship and they were mad that I did something, okay. But I was like, my existence, that's kind of a trend here lately. <laughs> my existence is pissing someone off. And I was like, I'm not going to let that bother me. And then I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't follow them. And then I was like, no, like we're not in middle school. They don't bother me. I still want to keep up with their life. I was like, should I block them? And then I was like, no, like, I, first of all, I'm monetized. Like you view my stuff like that, that only helps me. <laughs> But I was like, I don't like your haters are your biggest fans at that point. And that's I'm taking their rejection and I'm using it as a positive because, you know, if they hate me, if they want to waste enough energy hating me, then, you know, they're wasting enough energy keeping up with me. Exactly. And you can profit off that, friends. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great example. And I think it's really hard to hear someone openly reject you or physically see someone like, uh, let's say, um, okay, here's my example is I put this outfit on and this was kind of a different outfit for me. And I was really like trying to go out of my comfort zone and I show you and you kind of give me not the response I was hoping for. And now Mm -hmm. I automatically feel rejected. And so I'm going to look down on myself, look down on the outfit that I was going to wear that now there's no way I'm going to wear it. And I think my point of this is that you have to, it's very hard. And I still struggle with this constantly is not thinking, not automatically turning it back on yourself with rejection. So like if Susan didn't give me the, uh, reaction I wanted on an outfit, instead of saying, instead of me automatically changing and being like, it's over, like I'm not wearing this outfit, whatever, just be like, Oh, well that's okay. I like it. And if I don't, it's so hard to not care what other people think, but I think that really is the key to not allowing rejection to consume you is just taking people's advice or taking people's opinions and reactions for what they are theirs, not yours, and still sticking true to who you are and what you like and what you want, which is really hard. I was going to say, it's, it's much easier said than done. But once you master that, that it's such a thing. And actually you said something that I had to write it down. So it's like, this is like my epiphany moment of this episode. Um, so let's say you bought that outfit, you spent your money on this, on this outfit. 
And then if someone says they don't like it, you're just going to throw it out. You're just not going to wear it. So you're going to waste your money. And we've also talked about time is currency in other episodes. So don't, if you're not going to waste your money on someone's opinion, don't waste your time. Not even, not even a second worrying about it. I wish I hadn't wasted the probably 30 minutes of back and forth in my head about that previous situation on someone disliking me. I wish I hadn't wasted any of that time, you know? And a lot of it is reflection and processing and like understanding and better understanding how I'm reacting to situations. But at the end of the day, like that girl doesn't deserve an ounce of my time. And that was a perfect example. Like don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. Yep. And I think a therapist once told me, and it was some of the best advice I've ever received from a therapist was uh, lower your expectation of other people and raise your expectation of yourself. So like, in that scenario, my expectation was that you were going to love my outfit. And when you didn't meet the expectation I had in my head, now I'm down on myself versus if my expectation was, I love my outfit, I'm happy with it. And I had no expectation whether you were going to like it or not. If you love it, great. If you didn't like it, I'm still going to go out and about with my day. But because I set that high expectation, now you have the opportunity to let me down is really what it comes down to. So if you, if you have no expectation for other people, you aren't going to be let down. And that's in all rejection situations. If you go and reach for something and you don't have an expectation for how it's going to go and it doesn't end up working out, it's fine. You know, it wasn't meant for you and you move on to the next thing versus if you work this thing up in your head and it doesn't happen, now you're crushed and you're facing all this self-doubt and reflect and rejection. And yeah, so lower your expectations completely for outside and raise them for yourself. Because then if they're that high for yourself, you can't be bothered by other people's expectations and opinions. We could do a whole episode on that because Chris and I, Chris and I, we had a patch where we were just fighting all the time and about nothing. Like we were just at each other's throats. And so we sat down, we're like, okay, this isn't working. Like, what has changed? What's going on? And we realized that we both had such different expectations, not necessarily of each other, but like even for an hour's time, I would think we're doing one thing. He would think we're going to do another. We didn't communicate what we expected of that shared time. And then we're mad at each other because we're not doing what we're doing. And we're, we're both people who like, like to have routines, like to know what's going on. Like, and that was what the issue was. So have, that makes total sense. Like the expectations you have and then communicating them, not necessarily, you don't have to be like, Hey, Susan, I love my outfit. You're going to need to love my outfit, but having expectations. And then that also goes into boundaries and showing people how you want to be treated. It's just full circle, full circle moment here. If I came to you, so the first example I came to you and I said, what do you think about my outfit? And I'm like walking in and I'm like, not coming. I'm like, what do you think? And I'm clearly looking for your opinion to prove that I have on an outfit that's good. So there's example one, if I come into the room and I'm like, isn't this outfit awesome? You're not going to say no, like no good person in their right mind is going to say, unless you're like naked or like offensive. No one, no one is going to openly say, no, your outfit sucks. If you walk in and say like, cause I'm, it's not like I'm saying you have to say like that you love it. But if I walk in and I'm like, isn't this awesome? You're just going to say, even if you hate it, you're going to be like, that's great. Like, so yeah, that would be like, that'd be like replaying to 20 minutes ago when I stood up and showed you my outfit and you would have been like, nah, dude, like it's not cute. That is literally what, yeah. Yep. It makes sense. Yep. Set the expectation for how you're going to react to 
rejection. Yep. Absolutely. I feel like that's a perfect, yeah, we, we've hit so many circles. I think it's time to move into favorites. What do you think? (laughs) Do you want to go first? Yes. I have a very good favorite this week on Friday. I bought a new lounge chair and it was so cheap. I was, I found it at the grocery store, which the grocery store here is huge. So it wasn't all that surprising, but this wonderful lounge chair, I can lean back, I can sit up and I think I read 500 pages this weekend because I was just so comfy in my chair. And no, I know this chair already like paid for itself with the amount of joy it gave me over these past the long weekend. It was so lovely. So my my new sun chair is my favorite of the week. I love that. I got some sun this weekend. I was very proud. Um, uh, My favorite for this week was my paddleboard because it has been stored in Canada at the lake house all winter. Um, and it's finally warm enough. Like there's no icebergs out on the lakes here. So I <laughs> went out this weekend. It was so much fun. And then it's a deflate, it inflates, whatever. So I deflated it. I packed it up and I brought it home because our new house is literally on the lake, essentially. So I'm going to go and paddleboard away. My father-in-law was like, you're not going to use it. You brought it home last summer and you're not going to use it. And I was like, that's true. Last summer I didn't use it. But last summer we had a car and we lived in an apartment that I had to walk up a gazillion stairs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blow this thing up. I'm going to keep it in the garage and then I'm just going to put it in the truck and drive to the lake. Like it's, I have a system now and I'm determined to prove them wrong. So yeah. I'm going to be paddleboarding at least twice a week when it's nice out. I'm very, very excited about it. What a one, like, Cause you get off work at, what is it like four 30 ish? So the sun is still going to shine for hours. You can get out hours. there and get some sun exercise. Like, Oh, that's so good. I love that. So excited. My, my oh, this is a fun, my mantra of the week. Nick had found this list of like Italian phrases and like Italian ways of life. And I, did I send it to you? If I didn't, I will, but it was this list. I was like, Oh my God, I love this. And one that really stood out to me was Il dolce far niente, which means the sweetness of doing nothing. It's like, that is so lovely. And I think Italy, the culture here is so much better about slowing down and appreciating the sweetness of doing nothing. And especially this weekend, I realized when was the last time in the States that I spent an entire weekend just outside and reading. And obviously part of that is that we don't have as many friends and family here. So we have a lot more free time and not full full of plans and schedules, whatever. But it was like that concept of like the sweetness of nothing. It's like, I'm going to take that into the summer because I think that's really the whole goal is to just like enjoy the little moments in between the craziness. I love that. That's very, very good. My favorite is the prefix re. Um, cause you can reset, realign, restart, reclaim, reignite. And I feel like that's very much the vibe of this episode anyways, and of this week. And I just, I like that it's two letters, but it can change everything. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, you know, the drill, like, and subscribe. We will be back next week. Thank you for watching. <laughs>